NFL Week 4. It starts tomorrow. I give my Week 4 power rankings with some surprises in what is a crazy top 10, plus the Dallas Cowboys and New England Patriots. Both 1-2. and two. Who has the better chance of actually rebounding this season? Plus, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite for MVP odds in Las Vegas? Yes, really. I am going to react to that. Plus, Mike Tomlin comments and Rajon Rondo starting ahead of Lonzo Ball. It is a absolutely packed NFL and NBA podcast that starts right about now. What's up, what's up, SportsNix Podcast? I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on a Wednesday. Welcome on into Hump Day. It is a pleasure to be here because there is so much to talk about. NFL, NBA, we are going to get to some of that later on. But first, it is Wednesday. It is time for my week four NFL Power Rankings, which starts with an awesome Thursday night matchup tomorrow, which I'll get to here in a minute. But first, three minutes on the clock. Here we go. Number one. There's no change from last week. It is the Los Angeles Rams. And at this point, the Los Angeles Rams are really starting to pull away from the rest of the pack. And yes, we are going to see their depth challenged because Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters are both out for this upcoming matchup on Thursday. But regardless, they look good. They look real good. I think they'll be able to handle that. I still have the question of at what point does this possibly blow up in terms of the amount of personalities they have in that locker room, but winning fixes everything, and right now that's exactly what they're doing. They are my number one team. Number two and moving up two spots is the Kansas City Chiefs. Like You obviously know what Patrick Mahomes is doing. It is insane. We're going to get to him being the MVP favorite in Las Vegas right now here in a couple minutes. But I like what I see, and how can you not love the offense? I do have significant questions about the defense and when they're going to lose the Chiefs a game, but that hasn't happened yet. They're number two. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles also going up two spots. Carson Wentz, he came back, and he looked good. He looked good. Yes, there was rust. You cannot deny that there was rust there, and they did get a little bit lucky that they got to play the Colts in his first week back. And oh yeah, they get to play the Titans in his second week back this week. But, again, they're the Super Bowl chance. I'm going to give them, give them the respect that they deserve. They are number three. Number four, and going down two spots, is the Minnesota Vikings. A disgusting loss. A disgraceful loss. One that they should be absolutely embarrassed by. And I can't go any lower. I know some people might react and they go, Nick, they only dropped two spots after that type of a loss? Yeah, like it was a bad loss, no doubt about it. But to me, they've shown me enough to not overreact to one week. And don't get me wrong, it is hard not to overreact to that type of a one-week type of deal. But they've shown me enough. They do have their rants tomorrow night, so we're going to see if they can rebound. They are number four. Number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We were all reminded as they dropped three spots that, well, with Blake Bortles as your quarterback, there is only so much that you can do. Number six, the New Orleans Saints. Every single week, the Saints have either gone up or down four spots. They have been the biggest swinger so far. They're up four spots this week, and this is why I believe in this team. That win against the Falcons is why I picked them to win the Super Bowl. 
Now, I still have no idea what the hell is going on on their defensive side, and Sean Payton better figure that out quick, fast, and in a hurry, because if not, we can forget talking about the Super Bowl like I predicted them to be in. But this week gives me some hope, at least offensively, and then, you know, hopefully the defense at some point will wake up. Number seven, going down a spot, the New England Patriots. Starting to feel like a little bit of a disaster there. I'll talk about them more in a minute. Number eight, staying even, is the Cincinnati Bengals. They did lose, but Joe Mixon and that loss possibly playing this week. That injury hurts them a ton. They do play the Falcons and Dolphins. They will be tested in upcoming weeks. Number nine, the Green Bay Packers going down two spots. Different year, same thing. Aaron Rodgers, and then that's about it on this team. And number 10, making their first debut in the top 10 is... The Miami Dolphins. Now, clearly having an undefeated team at 10 is because, well, I have zero faith in this team. Absolutely zero. Jack Delitty squat. And if you do want to prove something to me, Miami Dolphins fans, well, beat the Patriots this weekend and it will do that. But until that happens, like, just, just sorry. I, I, I can't buy into that team that much. Okay, here we go. Three minutes on the clock. One and two. That is what the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots are. And I'm going to ask the question I asked in today's show right here. Who has the better chance of rebounding this season? And to me, it's not that hard. It really is not that hard here. It is the New England Patriots who have a better chance of rebounding. Okay? Because at least... Those fans and that team are delusional about what's going to happen here, unlike the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is, who said, quote, I like our players, I like our coaching staff. You you like your coaching staff right now, Jerry Jones. Huh? Okay. Uh-huh. And by the way, it's a little bit of a flip here between the two teams. The Patriots main concern is defense. For the Cowboys, it's the offense. They have looked like crap, complete and utter crap. 30th in total yards, 31st in passing yards, 31st in points. Like, I, I, I think Jason Garrett needs to go. I think they need to consider what the hell the future of Dak Prescott looks like. That offensive line. I mean, damn, damn it, they just need a colonoscopy out there in Dallas. They, they really do. They need to clean their system out and start over again in many ways because it has become a disaster. But again, Cowboys fans are delusional about what that's about, and so is their owner, apparently. Now, on the flip side, the Patriots, I do have faith, okay? I have some faith. Now, admittedly, it feels like that ship that's been, like, unpulkable has some holes in it now. And Patriots fans now all of a sudden are relying, well, Nick, once we get Josh Gordon back, when we get Josh Gordon back and Julian Edelman, everything's going to be solved. We'll be good. And it's like, <laughs> have you been watching? Have you been watching? A, Josh Gordon you now hasn't been good at the game of football since 2013. But regardless, put that aside, Julian Edelman has obviously been very good. There's so many other problems here. And I question whether or not Bill Belichick has gone too far down the Bill Belichick path. He let go two major talents this offseason. Malcolm Butler to the Tennessee Titans, who, yes, has struggled there, but fit within this Patriot system. And two, and perhaps bigger, is Brandon Cooks. You gave him up for a fourth-rounder. A fourth-round draft pick. And is now a top-five wide receiver in this league out in L.A. so far. 
I like when you have Jonathan Jones, who let's be honest, most people most people outside of New England have no idea who that is, getting significant time in your secondary. It is no wonder your secondary is going to struggle. And on top of all the on the field stuff, call me crazy with Gronk's brother now speaking out about Gronk being upset because you know he's getting double teamed every single time and this, that, and the other. I know I've said it before, we've all said it before. This year's struggles for the Patriots feel a little bit different to me. But, and by the way, it is going to be a certainly interesting matchup, to say the very least, when they play the Dolphins this upcoming weekend. So, there's that. Okay, two minutes on the clock. The disrespect. The disrespect. Patrick Mahomes is favored in Las Vegas to win the MVP right now, and by a decent margin, in fact. And you might be saying, you know, this is disrespectful. Nick, who the hell's being disrespectful, Las Vegas, right? No, you Las Vegas sets these odds based on what they think you all will delusionally bet with. And clearly, and hate to break it to you, Las Vegas didn't build those monstrosities of casinos off of being wrong. They clearly think people will bet on Patrick Mahomes being the MVP and then they'll get to rake in their money. And guess what they are? Because Drew Brees at this point should be way more favored than Patrick Mahomes is. Rodgers, especially because of that knee storyline that so many people buy into and et cetera, should be up there. And it's also like, this is just what gets me. It is week four. We are heading into week four. Yes, as of now, Patrick Mahomes is on pace for literally 4,800 yards, 69 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So as of now, absolutely, Patrick Mahomes is your MVP. How does that make you feel, Chiefs fans? But the bottom line is I'm not buying into this guy. I am not buying into Patrick Mahomes yet. We've seen it time and time again with young quarterbacks. We either buy in or buy out too quickly. Just ask Dak Prescott on one end and Jared Goff on the other end of that. Not doing it. Can't buy into him yet. I can't even say he's going to be a good quarterback yet. Who knows? And then also, by the way, he reminds me a little of Dak in the regards that he has a decent coach, regular season-wise, but still... He has all the talent in the world surrounding him offensively. Is this just a case of that? Who knows? Who knows? So, yes, if you had to get me to guess, do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a good quarterback in this league? Yes. But it's too early for me to definitively say that, and it is certainly too early for him to be the MVP favorite. 90 seconds on the clock. I mean, I, I, I sound like a broken record at this point with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every single day, some new crap comes out of Pittsburgh. And I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, okay, what kind of crap am I going to get out of Pittsburgh this morning? And sure enough, every single morning, there's something there. Mike Tomlin, this time having the audacity to say that he thinks penalties are hurting the viewing product of the league. The audacity. You can't even stand up there and say that without looking like Pinocchio Mike Tomlin. Are you kidding me? He absolutely has an agenda here in case you don't know. His team is the most penalized team in the league. By 12 flags and 95 yards, it's not even close. And why he said this yesterday, let me play a clip from him when they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football right after the game. Here's what he had to say. Um, I thought we played extremely hard. Um, I thought the penalties kind of marred the game. There was a lot of penalties on us and on them. Uh, but I'll look at the tape and look at some of those penalties and analyze it and see where we can get better. We've always worked hard to play within the rules. Um, it was a tough time uh, of it tonight.
Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin literally leaves me speechless. Time and time again, this guy just leaves me completely and utterly speechless. And by the way, what he said isn't true. There wasn't a lot of penalties on both teams. The Bucks had half the amount of penalty yards you did. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of truth. Again, can't look, stand up there without looking like Pinocchio. And B, it's like every single time he might as well be the absolute poster child for using sports cliches. Like everybody on the 53-man roster played well. We did a good job. Blah. I appreciate the effort. Blah, 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 and blah. Call out your team. Call out your team. Do you ever do, I know you do it supposedly, allegedly in private, but you know, it might be a good idea every once in a while to be like, yeah, hey, we had penalty beats because we sucked on that end and we weren't disciplined enough. What hurts by saying that? Look at all the other coaches in the league who do it. Mike Tomlin, I'd argue you and your team might be a little bit more successful if you did it as well. 60 seconds on the clock. Finally. Finally, I mean, it's about damn time. It, it took long enough. Like, holy crap, it took way too long. Because sports tends to be, well, literally about 10 or so years behind on this type of thing. But we have finally gotten it. The first all-female broadcasting crew in the NFL this time for Thursday Night Football and the Amazon stream that they're doing. It is Hannah Storm, Andrea Kramer, great duo, ton of experience, more than well-deserved, should have happened a long time ago. And my question to sports fans is this, because I've seen it time and time again. How as a sports fan and as a sports culture are we going to react to this? Because too many times you've reacted in ways that are just asinine. So excuse me for not having faith. That, that, that's my thought on that. More than well deserved. Way behind. I question how we're all going to respond to it. Because Beth Mowens, when she did Monday Night Football, a lot of the response on social media and in person was quite frankly sexist. And let's hope, though I doubt, that that doesn't happen this time, unfortunately. 90 seconds on the clock. Lonzo Ball reportedly not starting for the LA Lakers at the point guard position this season. Mm -hmm. It's Rajon Rondo. And I'm going to make this very clear, plain and simple. This better be because of health, the LA Lakers and Luke Walton. It better be because of health. Because I get he had offseason knee surgery. He's probably not 100%. But, this, but he got cleared, by the way. He got cleared yesterday. The season doesn't start until October 16th. So... Seems a little sketchy to me that this would be completely for health, but it better be for health because if not, to me at this point, to bench Lonzo Ball, you have to have another player at that position, in the point guard position, who is clearly and obviously better than him in order to bench your number two overall pick from last year. And at this point, the LA Lakers do not have anybody who is clearly and obviously better than him. And it certainly is not Rajon Rondo. Like, don't get me wrong. Rondo is literally has become one of the smartest players in the NBA, which is so weird for me to say because I covered him back when he was in Boston and he was an absolute moron per usual. But regardless, still, at this point, has become one of the smartest players on the court. But that is why they should use him as a tool to build Bonzo Ball up, not down, and have him be starting on the bench. Again, it could be for health reasons, and hopefully that's what it is, because if it's not, I mean, Luke Walton needs some glasses in terms of his point guard recruiting skills. 
60 seconds on the clock, uh, clock. Let's wrap up here. Kevin Durant saying that the Lakers are getting more attention than the Warriors because the Lakers are a, quote, sexier story, end quote. By the way, Kevin Durant must have been my Twitter feed because that is a phrase I use, love to use all the time. Is the sexy storyline. And he is 100% right here. He is 100% right here, which I know it sounds a little bit weird for me to say that Kevin Durant is 100% right on, well, anything, but <laughs> Kevin Durant is right here. Absolutely no doubt about it. And I think it's good for the Warriors, by the way. Like, good for you. You get less attention. You're clearly the best team in the league, but you still get less attention because of the team. That's a little bit north or south of you. I have no idea. I don't know the geography of California, but regardless, the team that brought in the GOAT, well, I think that's good for them, and I think it provides less distractions. And by the way, like this shouldn't be a surprise. When when you have the GOAT wander over to L.A., people are going to follow that. And also, for whatever reason, because reasons I don't understand, people tend to get a little bit tired and bored of greatness, so they try and latch onto other stories, and, well, the Lakers is the best other story. That is the podcast. Earlier today, the Sports and Show, I do want to remind you, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, allegedly Google Home, though I've never tried it. There are so many ways to listen. Those are the major ones. Catch you tomorrow. Sports and Show podcast.